Hello, and welcome to another episode of Pastor's Thoughts. I'm Pastor Dustin Beck of the Grace Baptist Church of Butte, Montana. Today, I want to talk to you about the principle of generosity. You know, many people don't want to come to church because they think the church just wants money. Sure, we've got to have uh, money to finance the building that we're in, to pay for needed things within the church, uh, whether it be hymnals, Bibles, tracts, and different things. But that's not the core of the church. The church is there to basically be a hospital to those of the community that are in need spiritually. And as we, we think about that, we want to see people grow in the Lord. Part of that is to follow these principles that we find in the Scripture. One of those being the principle of generosity. Now, I was reading in 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, uh, verses 6 through 11. Let me share that with you. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. You know, as I read this uh, passage, it reminds me that one of the blessings that we have as a Christian comes from giving. When someone doesn't want to pay their tithes because they don't feel they have the ability to do so, you know, it just reminds me of the goodness of God. We can never outgive God. I know I've thought that way in the past that I just couldn't afford to give, but I've given, and God has supplied the need. You know, many times if you give to someone in need, God will restore it two or three times. And it's been amazing to watch that over the years um, in the times that you really don't have it to give and you give it anyway. God blesses that. Now, I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel. I don't believe in that. But I am preaching that when we give to those in need, when we give of our tithes and offerings to the church, it is a blessing to you and to me. Whoever gives, that's where the blessing goes. God is going to bless the cheerful giver. Again, we don't need to do it grudgingly. We need to do it from a cheerful heart. That's what God expects of us. You know, one of the goals of the Christian, and probably the primary goal, should be to be like Christ. Christ was extremely generous. It's a fundamental part of God's nature to be generous. See, God loves giving to us, and he loves it when we give cheerfully. 
We see that right here in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And in many aspects, the way we deal with money is the acid test of our commitment toward God. You know, if we're committed to God, if we have the faith that we need to have in God, we're going to trust what he says. He's commanded us to give. Therefore, he's going to make a way for us to give. He's going to bless it when we do give. He said, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. <laughs> Again, I'm not preaching to get you to give to my church. I'm preaching so that you give. So that you can be blessed of God. It's not really for the blessing of God. But you do it because you trust him, because you love him. The blessing is a byproduct of that giving. And it'll build your faith. Matthew 6, 24 says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You know, when we serve mammon, we're just holding on to the things here that are earthly. We're saving our money up for what we want instead of to the glory of God. All things we do, whatsoever we eat, drink, whatever should be to the glory of God. That should be our goal as a Christian. To follow the example of Christ, to glorify Him, to glorify the Father. It was not by accident that when Jesus declared we cannot serve two masters, He presented the choice between two. Not between the devil and God, but between money and God. You know, we talk about money and our generosity. But remember, it's not all about money. That's just how we identify with it easiest, I believe. You know, we can be generous with our time. We can be generous with our abilities, our talents. Do you give of your time? Do you give of your talents for the Lord? You may know the name Hudson Taylor missionary to China. You know, his faith was tested when he was down to his last half crown and his rent was due. But a poor man came and begged Taylor to come and pray with his dying wife. Taylor saw their great need, starving children with no food in the house. So he agreed to pray. He later wrote, No sooner had I opened my lips with our Father in heaven then my conscience said within, Dare you mock God? Dare you kneel down and call him Father with that half crown in your pocket? After my prayer, I slowly rose and handed my last coin to the man. Remember, his rent was due. But he saw a greater need. This family couldn't even put food on the table. The next day he received an anonymous gift of half of a half sovereign, four times what he had given away. And that's how God works. I've saw it in my own life. I've saw it in others. You can't outgive God. There's a special blessing for those who are generous. Proverbs eleven, twenty-four and twenty-five says, There is that scattereth and yet increaseth, and there is that with and there is that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth to poverty. 
the liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. You know, it has a way of working to provide so that those who give are not left without the resources they need. Again, if he's commanded you to give, he's going to provide a way to do it. You're still going to be able to make your obligations. God wants you to be able to pay your bills. He wants you to be able to make the obligations that you've set forth. Because it goes against him if you can't. Now that doesn't mean we're to go out and buy an expensive car and he's going to cover the tab for it. No, it means we need to be a good steward of what God's given us. But the first thing that comes out of our paycheck should be to God, whether it's to our tithe, whether it's, well, it should be our tithe. But then, you know, maybe it's to missions. It's to our bills after that. And then, you know, we're to help those in need. But you know, if that person comes up that's needier than you, it's okay to go ahead and give a little bit. Trust God to supply the need for the bill. When the widow fed Elijah and Zarephath, she and her son benefited as their tiny bit of food lasted for the duration of the famine. It happens over and over. On deputation, we have saw that, um, you know, to go out for a month, not sure where you're gonna stay for a month, but you go anyway, knowing you can't afford a hotel for the whole time. And God supplies prophet chamber after prophet's chamber. He supplies, um, you know, churches giving for a hotel room, uh, paying for some gas. He gets you through what you couldn't do on your own. But it's all about your faith in God. How much do you trust Him? And how much are you willing to show that trust by stepping out on a limb, stepping out on faith? Because God will bless it. See, the pattern for our giving is set by God. In John 3.16, we see the ultimate gift. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The gift of Jesus Christ, God's only begotten Son. Well, it's true that most important bless, the most important blessing we receive for generosity comes in the next life. There's a blessing that God provides tangibly in this world for those who are generous. And, and you know, that pattern though, the gift of Jesus Christ, it was costly. It required Jesus laying aside everything, his life, the glory and privileges of heaven. He accepted the limits of a human body and gave that body, gave his life for our sins. Even more, that gift was But that is a pattern for giving. No generosity we display should seem excessive. Again, Jesus gave his life. What are we willing to give? What are we willing to give? See, giving also helps guard us against selfishness. 
It's a natural part of our fallen nature to cling to our resources rather than sharing them with others. You know, just as the little kid wants to hold on to that toy truck or the little doll, they don't want to let it go. They don't always want to let another kid play with it. It's natural um, to have selfishness. We have a sin nature. Until we're saved, until we have that divine nature, you know, we don't have much help with it. The Holy Spirit, thankfully, helps us with that today, but we still have a nature of selfishness. But love can overcome that tendency. The love towards God, the love towards Christ. See, during that, during the horrible first winter the pilgrims endured in 1620 when they arrived in the New World, the group with the highest death rate was mothers with small children. They didn't eat themselves so that their children could live. Now think about what Paul wrote in 1 Timothy 6, verse 17 and 18. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. You see, we can't be high-minded. Those uncertain riches are just that. They are uncertain. Let's just give generously. Let's trust God with the results. It'll help us make sure our priorities are right. The priorities towards God. Our hearts follow our money, so if our money is put into the right things, our heart's going to follow. Jesus said, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Matthew 6, 20 and 21. See, we're not meant for this world. For this reason, the things that should be most important to us are not the things of this world, but the things that are eternal. Are you laying up treasure in heaven? When we give generously, it aligns our hearts with God, with His heart. It draws us away from the temporal things of this world. The generous giver follows the example of Jesus and provides for His work. When Paul met with the leaders of the church at Ephesus for the first time, he gave them a number of instructions. As part of that conversation, he shared with them a statement of the Lord that is not recorded in the Gospels. In Acts 20, verse 35, he says, I have showed you all things, how, they, how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Did you know that? Have you experienced the blessing of giving? It's more of a blessing to give than it is to receive. When we give to God's work and to others, we're living the way Jesus did. Everything we have belongs to God. Every good thing we have is a gift from Him. Knowing that, we should be ready and willing to give generously, unselfishly, when the need arises. Jesus told his disciples when he sent them out to minister on their own in Matthew 10, 8, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. And get this, freely you have received, freely give, freely. Don't let anything hold you back. 
I've said it several times, but I want to show you that the sin of Sodom truly was. I've said it several times in the past, and you know, I believe the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah, as we always equate to homosexuality and um, just that type of sin, sins of the flesh and that nature, I believe there was another big piece to it as well. I want to share a couple of verses to back up what I'm saying. In Genesis 18, 20, And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous. Of course, we know the sin was grievous. It was a great amount of sin. Ezekiel 16, verse 49 and 50 says, Behold, this was the iniquity of, our, of thy sister Sodom, pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did, she re neither, neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy, and they were haughty and committed abomination before me. Therefore I took them away as I saw good. See, even before the abominations are listed, he talks about neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. They were fullness of bread, an abundance of idleness. They had pride. Those sins were the major causes of the destruction of Sodom. Sodom and Gomorrah, I believe, had the sin of holding on to what God had given them instead of sharing it, instead of freely giving with those that needed it. Like an assumption is, again, that of homosexuality being the sole cause of destruction, but I challenge you to see that it was a little more than that. What about you? Do your spending and giving habits reflect a generous spirit? Are you grateful for what you have? Or do you believe that you deserve it? Are you content with what you have? Or do you believe you should have more? Does your giving take place grudgingly or cheerfully? 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Think on these things. This has been another episode of Pastor's Thoughts. Again, I'm Pastor Dustin Beck with the Grace Baptist Church of Butte, Montana. If you're ever in the area, come and visit us. Services on Sunday, Sunday school at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock morning worship, followed by a 2 o'clock afternoon service, and Thursday night Bible study at 7 p.m. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.